Attention sports bettors. Are you looking for a legal way to do it in your state? Well, we have the app for you. Use the Better Edge app. And if you don't know what the Better Edge app is, it is a legal online social betting marketplace that allows you to post and engage with some of your other sports betting fans and friends. You can place no commission positions in an online marketplace, compete in direct head-to-head challenges with people like Cam, myself, Wags, all the 10K guys and gals are on there. So send us all of your picks. We can compete in public or private betting competitions. And with all of this, you can buy or sell the positions like the spread, the over-under money line at current market prices. So if you want to get involved in the Better Edge app today, go to B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com and use promo code 10K, that's 10K, when you sign up to get a free 20 bucks. Once again, betteredge.com, promo code 10K. We got a lot of awesome stuff coming up, fellas. March Madness just right around the corner, the final stretch with NBA, NHL playoffs, and there's plenty of golf and other stuff on. So make sure to once again go to betteredge.com. Use promo code 10K when you sign up to get a free 20 bucks. We'll start betting with you today. On today's episode of It's a Bit, we're joined by up-and-coming country music singer from Minnesota, Anderson Daniels. Me and him go way back, so it's great to catch up with him and talk about everything he's up to. We also go over our bits of the week, as always. And end the show with buy or sell. We're buying or selling things, people, places like their stocks. So all of that and more on It's a Bit. This is the It's Bit podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. Burgeoning empire called 10,000 Takes. This is the It's a Bit podcast featuring boss man, wags, and journalist Jake. Journalist Jake's a bitch, motherfucker. Hey, you know those guys that do 10,000 Takes? They do some funny bits, right? They're good. They're funny dudes. Yeah. 10,000 Takes. You're hanging with the number one podcast in the Twin Cities. It's a bit with 10,000 Takes. Last name ever. All right, welcome back to It's a Bit, presented by 10,000 Takes. My name is Bossman, joined by journalist Jake and producer Cam. And thank God we all live together in the house where the studio is, or we'd all probably be on Zoom right now because it's a goddamn snowmageddon outside. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like we open every week talking about the weather, but the weather's been bipolar enough lately where I, th- I think it deserves some discussion. It's a, it's a Midwest, more importantly, a Minnesota podcast, so that's just what we're supposed to do, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're just doing our due diligence. That's and, our quota. And last week, you had the spring tease bit. Yeah. And when we recorded that, we had no idea that this 23, up to 23 inches of snow was coming. So you were spot on with that prediction that, hey, we're not out of it yet. The, yeah. the groundhog was was correct still fuck that groundhog yes he was correct apparently it's six weeks away still well from when you see the groundhog and when winter ends but we're meteorologists now we open up with the weather report yeah i'll tell you right now it just started and it actually died down a little bit right now but it's gonna get bad and i just drove from my workplace in brooklyn park to white bear lake all the way back to plymouth and it was fucking awful People are already driving like idiots. So shout out to, I don't know who the meteorologist who posted this is. I think we follow him on Twitter, but this is uh, 5 Eyewitness News. He had this little map drawn out, I think. I don't know if I sent this to you guys in our house chat. So basically, it breaks down each day of the snowstorm and has either a red, green, or yellow dot indicating how the roads are going to (laughs) be. And it's red for like the next six time period straight. And they say the roads will finally be okay Friday morning. And they'll be good again come Friday PM, which is bananas because we're recording this on Tuesday night, Dude, early Tuesday night. It's stupid. This is just this is this is god awful. You know what's gonna be hilarious when it doesn't snow again the rest of the week. 
Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you mean it's just not going to snow again yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. Like, like, it's just done. Yeah. Well, I could totally see it's that. It's definitely happening. possible. Yeah. yeah. This could, is Minnesota. I mean, shit wake, happens. Wake up and it's done. It's like, oh, yeah, that all moves south. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not happening anymore. <laughs> Texas got all of it. Yeah. This, this was just oh, a marketing geez. stint by all the grocery stores because everyone rushed to them to buy <laughs> to buy all their quote unquote supplies <laughs> even for though, doomsday. Even yeah. though things gonna be fine Friday morning. All yeah. the all the salt companies in the world just <laughs> had to hit their quota for the, yeah. for the month, so they they the, paid the off fake, all the news stations. Those big fat executives are just sitting back collecting their bankroll now. <laughs> hey, the meteorologists, they don't they don't know shit anyway. We can just tell them this and we'll be fine. Tell just them there's like, a bunch of snow coming. I have Apple weather. Yeah. Mm, bitch. I have the weather channel. I have Google. I have AccuWeather. Yeah. I know be what's like, up. I, like be like those people like my grandpa. He watches the weather channel like all the time. Mm-hmm. Like even when it's like eighty and sunny outside, I, I go over to his house. I'm like, yeah, the weather channel's on. No, I'm like, do, do I, you I'm like? Telling you. Do you like? Is it like a holiday for you when there's a snowstorm? Because you're that into weather. You're like, yes, it's happening. The older you get, I think the more obsessed with weather you become. Because I've seen myself aggregately go up in terms of my obsession with the weather. And like days like today, I was having a fucking firestorm. I was like, when's it gonna start? You know, like what <laughs> are we old. what are we looking at for a range of snow? Like I don't know. It's fucking something to be excited yeah, I about. I, I check it one time a day when I wake up, so I can know what work uniform to put on. Like yeah. that's all I care about. Yeah. Or, or if something, if you're going to be going outside and doing something, yeah. Like in the summer, like softball or golf, like okay, let's oh, yeah. see what the weather's looking like. But like my grandma growing up would, <clears throat> I had to clear my throat. We had a whole ordeal about that. <laughs> yep. We recorded now that. Let me clear um, my throat. Ooh. No, but like my grandma would like if there was like a storm going on, like she would call us when we were younger. Is it snowing down by you? Is it raining down by you? Well, we're not that far away, so... You're like, yeah, dude, 10 minutes dude. away. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. In my days of working at golf courses, and I know there's only select few out there who probably will understand this, but if you work in a pro shop at a golf course and it's a rainy day and people have tee times, I shit you not, people who live in the same vicinity as you who are able to drive to the golf course that they're playing at, which is your course, will call you and ask if it is raining at the golf course. It's like, Jimbo... You live 10 minutes away. <laughs> it's fucking raining there. Yeah, it's probably raining here, too. <laughs> it is unbelievable how people think those clouds are, like, so select that they're only covering half the fucking town. The thing that, like, thing for me about weather is, like, now, like, in the summer, I love a good thunderstorm. Like, I, I want it to be bad. Like, it's the best. Yeah, open up your windows, when fall I, asleep to mm-hmm. it. When I was a kid, I was the biggest bitch about, like, any really? ta- time that, like, there was a thunderstorm or the sirens would come on, I was legitimately terrified. Yeah, just like, go right to the basement or lowest oh, level of the house, or like I'm I'm sitting there watching like the news, just making it worse for myself. You're like, like a you're like a dog under the bed. Anytime there was like a tornado watch, like that was tornado watch. Was tornado bad. is by our house. It's going to kill me. It was that horrible. Was, that's I've, how it is. I've had dreams about like being near tornadoes and seeing them. I've never seen one with my own eyes before. Though. No, I think I, I, I've I, seen funnel clouds starting, yeah. but it never really like made a tornado. I think I'm okay with it. Never seen one. Yeah, no, that's a, <laughs> I'll I'll throw that in the trophy case. Yeah. You're not gonna be like a weather chaser and go down to Iowa or Kansas and actually chase tornadoes we can leave that to our friend zach halverson oh he loves doing yeah i can also just google what a tornado looks like and that (laughs) way i'm not in danger meteorology can be solved by the internet i'm telling you i know that's why i watch war movies i don't go to war but i just watch movies right right all right let's get into our bits of the week kind of our signature jokes or funny bits uh we'll start with you journalist jake what do you got uh i have the uh let's fucking go bit um, so if you get excited about something, uh, in this case, like I think this past week in the wild had a couple good games. Um, it, this isn't like a normal, this, I think this is originated from cam over here. <laughs> um, getting just really hyped up and talking very fast. 
being very hyped up. I mean, this could go hand in hand with the calm down bit, which we've discussed hand, time and time again on here. But and or even the tarp soft bit too. This could go hand in hand with that as well. That you could you could loop all these bits together into one. But uh, when you're very pumped up about something, in particular, like I said, the Minnesota Wild, you get really fucking pumped up. You fucking just start yelling, "Let's fucking go!" But you don't say it in a slow cadence. You say it in almost to the point where it sounds unrecognizable. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. And like fucking yell at the top of your lungs. Yeah, so I think it comes from Cam, but I started doing it. When I'm like fucking pumped about something, I'm like, let's fucking go. I think uh, me living in this house and living with you is doing something to you. Because I'm pretty sure in the 2023 calendar year, 85% of your bits have had to do with me. Uh, every time. It, it, it might be an obsession at this point. Yeah. Well, I, I think back <laughs> but back in the spring and summer, there were a lot of bits having to relate with you, uh, Cam. And, and you weren't living in the house yet. It's just True. being around you in general. But then I think there have been some bits that you have come up with in oh, relation yeah. to me as well. So it's just there's yeah. more bits now that easy. me and Cam are around each other. It's just more bits that are originating, which we need more bits. So yeah, no, it's you not can, an issue. Yeah, there's a bit of in every fucking episode. There's <laughs> between three and four bits every episode. So yeah. yeah, we need to keep coming up with bits. But let's fucking go. It's a... <clears throat> It's a good bit, though. Usually when you have a bit about me, it's like kind of shitting no, on me. That's also but... Tom Brady's bit, too. Yeah, well, it's a great bit. Let's freaking go is a, is a Kirk Cousins bit. But uh, no, it's a, it's a good bit. I encourage everybody else to start partaking in it. It actually feels good. Like when you, you know, if you're trying to find a way to find that release, if you're feeling good about something or, you know, a team sports team is winning, you want to find a new way to like release that tension or that emotion. Just yell, let's freaking go. Like really fucking, when did, let's fucking go. When did like, let's go become a thing? Because I, it hasn't always been like that. I, I, don't, I don't know when know. people started saying like, let's go, like let's fucking go. Like mm. you, you never really see clips from the nineties or two thousands no. of athletes saying that. I think collectively as a human race, we just kind of started doing it in it last five, six years. Yeah. It was pretty recent. I have like a, I have a routine. I just like realize this about myself. So anytime like, something i'm like super happy about happens i'll do the let's fucking go and then i'll yell really loud and then i'll immediately go to twitter and just tweet something in all caps yeah that's literally what i do yeah, i'm so fucking pumped right Which now actually let's fucking transitions great into my bit because my bit this week is the good feeling bit um it just happened last sunday i hit that i had ten dollars on ricky stenhouse to win the daytona turned it into 330 which was wow. fucking great and i did that i did let's fucking go and jake's like you're losing your mind I, well i was standing I right nuts. there i was like staring at him with like you know, crazy eyes. Like, oh, I went nuts. You're, you're sitting there like, woo, let's fucking go. I'm so fucking pumped right now. Oh, I was and then you go to your phone and you're like, I, I don't know I who you're texting. I something in all caps. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if you're tweeting or texting people or, or texting your bookie. You're not killing me this week. Um, I don't know. I, I had no idea what was going on, but you're freaking the fuck out. And but, it was freaking me out. <laughs> alleged bookie. But yeah. alleged bookie. Yeah. But no, it's like the good feeling, but it's actually a scary feeling. Like I can see how people have gambling problems because it's like the greatest feeling ever. Oh, yeah. 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 Being on a high and gambling is the worst thing you Which could do. Because, I probably have a gambling problem because then the <laughs> low, the low is even lower the next time. Yeah. Like the, the like the higher the peaks, the lower the valleys. Yeah. Now you're inspirational, before, really. Before you know it, you're going to turn into like uh, what's the movie Uncut Gems? Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves and Hardball. Like oh, he, he fucking has a huge gambling problem in that movie. You're gonna turn into that where you're gonna have people running after you Damn. trying to kill you. Let's not do that. I feel like you rarely break even. I think in Vegas when we all go in a couple weeks, you're either gonna win a lot of money or you're gonna lose a lot of money. Dude. I feel like you never have an in between. Like, it makes no like sense. You're either on heaters or you're on cold streaks. There's it's, never we're like I have a lot of days where they even out and I'm like, okay, like I won yeah. eleven bucks, yip D or oh I lost ten, but some of the fucking swings you've had. It's crazy. Yeah. And they the last couple of weeks, absolute heater. And I needed to just 
keep on for like another three weeks and then we'll be winning money. That's, that's, it's, it's hard to sustain those. No, it's crazy. I was I don't on know a heater what's for like all of last year, but now I'm... And it's just... not even like... Normally when I get on a heater, like I hit like normal bets and I hit like a lot of them. Like I barely ever lose. This heater is different. Like I'm hitting bets that are plus 3,300. Yeah. Like I don't even know what's happening. Yeah. Well, you just better hope like... It, well, what, what, what happens if you start losing bets two weeks from now, a week before Vegas, and you go on a cold streak like a week into Vegas? Cancel you, the trip. You're going to have to cancel the trip. No, you just keep betting until you get on. Okay. <laughs> so you better hope that it, it you know goes back up in Vegas. Keep digging until you find a well. Yeah, until I hit rock bottom. Remember, <laughs> until I can no longer pay rent. And yeah, you guys evict me. Until yep. you hit bedrock like in Minecraft. <laughs> you got to account for the Vegas inflation bit. That's yep. it's everything is more you know. Yeah, the well, currency exchange rate is different. Our fucking segue game is strong as fuck tonight oh. because uh, I have the uh, speaking of vacation. I just got back from one. I was in Arizona visiting my buddy from work. Played some golf and uh, <clears throat> throat clear. My uh, <clears throat> my my bit is. The kicked off the golf course bit. Now, mm-hmm. now I didn't want to tell you guys because you know when you get home and you see your roommates and you, you have to tell them. you have to tell them about everything. Well, I wanted to keep this story <sighs> for the podcast. Okay. I didn't get kicked off the golf course, but here's the story. So, uh, I was playing down. I think it was Mountain Brook in Phoenix area. If, if anyone knows where that is, <clears throat> and uh, we got paired with two random guys. Because, like, if you play as a twosome down there, the courses are so busy, especially this time of year, that you're going to get paired with two other people to, you know, maximize the tee sheet, golf terms, golf terms, whatever. So we got paired with two guys. One guy was from Western North Dakota who actually knew a person that I went to UND with, so small world. The second guy, I don't know what his last name was, but he was a retired CFL player. So he played college football um, at a smaller university in Texas, then dabbled with the CFL, and then he may have played with the USFL at some point or something. Oh, damn. He was he was out of it for a little bit, but he had he had some really bad injuries and uh, just essentially started rehabbing in Arizona and decided, fuck it, I'm going to retire and stay here because apparently like people with hip replacements and stuff just feel a lot better in nicer weather mm-hmm. like that, so I totally get it. Anyways, this guy's really cool. Like He's telling us some stories from his CFL days. We're kind of talking, asking him questions about his rehab and everything. Like, best cu- type of pe- group that you can get randomly paired with in terms of randoms or people you actually enjoy or people who are interesting. So we're on the third hole, right? Short par three, and there's a cart to the back left of the green. Looks like a ranger because there's no clubs on it. And for those who don't know what a ranger is, he's kind of the the employee of the course who drives around, makes sure people are behaving, you know, make sure people are playing to the right pace kind of the the policeman of the course or policewoman, whatever. And uh, he was just kind of sitting like back left of the green, not really a distraction to me. You know, I hit a pretty good shot and we all kind of hit and, and we're driving up there and we noticed this guy who played in the CFL and the guy from Western North Dakota, like just talking to the Ranger. And I was assuming, you know, they're just saying, Oh yeah, beautiful day, blah, blah, blah. And the Ranger did kind of throw me off a little bit because he was wearing like all black. He was basically dressed in ice armor in the middle of a day in Arizona, like 60 some degrees. It's like the Undertaker. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Dude was probably like 65, 70 years old. So I'm like, maybe he's, maybe his skin is so thin that 65 or, or 70 is freezing for him. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> and like, they're just kind of yucking it up. And I'm like, oh, there must, you know, be talking. And like, I walk over to my putt. And then the, the, the CFL player yells, hey guys. Uh, look, I'm being kicked off the fucking course right now. What? And I'm like, I, I mean, we're just like thrown back. Like we laugh at first. We're like, oh, really? He's like, nope. And you can hear the Rangers say, well, I don't appreciate your type of language, blah, blah, blah. And the guy is taking his cart off 
this is whole three, by the way. Oh, this geez. is this is a one, this is a one hundred twenty dollar green fee on a weekend on a beautiful Saturday in Arizona in the middle of winter, like prime time conditions, and uh, this guy's being kicked off the course on hole three. So he, I hear him say to the ranger, like, "Well, no, you're going to bring me back to my fucking car because we're out in the middle of the golf course, and I'm not going to walk back. So you you get to deal with me the whole ride back, buddy." Sits in the ranger's cart, throws his. And starts talking to him and they drive off and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, God, he's probably going to let him have it that entire ride. So the guy from Western North Dakota, I know this is a long story, we're getting near the end, uh, comes back to the green and, like, me and my buddy are like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I thought it was just some friendly talk. So apparently the CFL guy said to the ranger, hey, you know, if you park there, like, just kind of joking, right? Like, that glare on your cart windshield kind of threw me off. Like the guy hit a bad shot. So he was making a, a yeah. friendly excuse. Like someone wouldn't golf like, Oh, it's cause my buddy talked in my backswing. That's why I sliced it 80 yards. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's a joke. Yeah. And then the ranger called him. What he said, some sort of smart comment back. And then this guy just straight up says to the ranger, well, Jesus, you're acting like a dickhead. And the ranger goes, you're done for the day. Take your clubs off your cart. What? Yeah. That was it? That was it. Oh, jeez. That's all it took for this feeble little ranger wearing an entire bodysuit on a 70-degree day in Arizona to kick this man off the golf course because he said he was acting like a dickhead because the ranger was acting like a dickhead. Yeah. Like, this guy just made a friendly comment to him joking around like, oh, you were parked there. That's why I sucked, you know, making a joke. And then this, I don't know what the guy said specifically to the CFL player, but it apparently was, like, kind of mean. And he's like, wow, you're being a dickhead. And then he was like, yep, you're done for the day. And then, the, and then the ranger was like about to drive off. And he's like, no, asshole, you're driving me back to the clubhouse because we're a few mile walk mm-hmm. back to the clubhouse. You know, we had played a par five, a par four, a par three going the opposite direction of the clubhouse. Yeah, Dude, I was and like this happened on hole three and it was like hole 16. We all like the other the other three of us, two of us, because now there's only three of us would just like stop mid putt and be like. What the fuck happened? <laughs> I, I so I've never seen someone get kicked off a course. I've seen people that probably deserve to get kicked off yeah. kicked off a course who don't. But I don't know. Yeah, I, my mind was blown. It was it was the most in- weird experience I've ever seen. How I mean, did you save that story for this? I would have told you guys right away. I know I wanted to so bad, but I'm like I need to get their raw reaction on the podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to start doing that now. If I have good yeah. stories that you don't know about, I'm gonna try to start saving them. For I this. wonder if he got his money back. So apparently he did. So my buddy went in after the round because this guy, this CFL guy was super nice, super down to earth dude from Texas and just asked like the the pro shop. He's like, Hey, you know, I don't know if you're aware that this happened, but the Ranger was in the wrong and they go, Oh yeah. The Ranger no longer works here. No motherfucker got fired for it. And this, this former CFL player apparently golfs out there like almost 10 times a month. Like the dude is basically a member out there. Big part of their income. Right. Huge part of their income paying $120 per round. Are you kidding me? Like maybe, maybe a little less on the weekdays, maybe a little less during the summer, but it's like, yeah, like I'm sorry if you disrupt a paying cut. Cause I'm guessing he walked in the clubhouse and let him have it. Like, Oh, I'm done after three holes because your ranger was being a dickhead. Yeah. Well, cause I called him a dickhead because he was, he made a smart Because he was being a dick. Yeah. That was the way we worded it. We're like, he was being a dick. So he's just on a power trip. Yeah. Yeah. So Rangers, man, I don't know if the guy got fired actually, but they did say like, he's no longer working. So (laughs) they either told, they probably were like, buddy, take the day off and maybe come back if you don't ever do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Or they fired him. I don't know. 
But that's crazy. A power trip, bro. I've like, been playing golf since I was five years old. Like I said, I've seen plenty of people who deserve to get kicked off the course who don't. I've never actually seen it happen, and I didn't think it happened this easy. So that's insane. I, I kicked off the golf course. Bit. I'd be so pissed. I can't believe. I would be. I'd be irate because that would be one of those things where you're. It's just like getting kicked out of a bar, yep. and you, you're like, "Why the fuck am I being, being right. kicked out? I'm not when that get, drunk." That'd be that same situation. Like, why are you kick me out? Like, yeah, it's a power trip. Yep, it's. I'm it's, a ranger on a golf course. Rangers and bouncers are in the same vein. It feels like well, sometimes. I've, like I don't golf as much as you guys, or I haven't. I'm going to now because you're committed, a golf guy. Committed to the hashtag yep. golf guy bit. Yep. Um, but like I've seen some rangers where I'm like, this dude's kind of a dick. And yeah. He definitely like uses his power, but I never have seen someone like th- that I <clears> thought would go to that extent. Yeah, they seem to be one or the other. The Rangers are either just really yeah. nice, they'll talk to you about your round, whatever, or they're complete Sit dicks. There and stare at you. More, sure. more often than not, it's like a retired guy who just mm-hmm. wants the free golf and the and the benefits, and it makes a lot of sense. But some of them, man, are just so goddamn ornery and crabby like, that yeah. they just need to hang it up. There's no chance you get paid enough to kick that guy off the no. course. For no, that. no. Like that I have a paying customer. Any paying customer at that golf course, let alone a regular one. Yeah. It's a hundred. What did you say? One fifty. It was one hundred twenty dollars to play yeah. there on a Saturday, and then you know yeah. while you're out there, you're buying, you're drinks. buying drinks. Sometimes yeah. you're buying food. Like, there's no chance he was only me. buying golf. So that's insane. I, I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, we haven't ever witnessed anyone get kicked off, but we do know Josie. <laughs> our, <laughs> he, got he got kicked off of uh, what? I I forgot what it course up, it was. It's up north. So. He, uh, he log, said he got yeah. kicked Loggers, off. Yeah. He got kicked <laughs> out, and we weren't there, but we just heard about it. We're like, what? How did that happen? Yeah. I was I had a few drinks and was yelling at Dude, the ranger. I, there's probably been times where I've deserved to get kicked mm-hmm. off of golf. Probably like my time in college when I would just drink forty beers and bring fireball and oh, just I've been <laughs> fucked up on a blasting course. music, yelling, taking divots that I'm probably not replacing. Like I've been there, but I I've never seen someone who actually deserves or I've never seen someone who didn't deserve to get kicked off, get caught, kicked yeah. off a golf course. I deserve to be kicked off a golf course every time I play just because of how bad I am. Just a yeah. disgrace to be there. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> but oh, man, dude, I'm, I'm still, I'm still in shock. I don't, I, I never really figured happened. out how to process what happened. That's so that's, I'd be fucking pissed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So especially if like, if, if like, if it was like one of us that traveled there and like paid yeah. for a round and you kicked me off over some little comment like that, I'd be like, bro, like, yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm not the kind of person who like would call someone a dickhead like that. I think that that probably that obviously didn't help. He's not in the wrong for doing it. He probably shouldn't have said it. Mm-mm. Probably just should have minded his own business and walked away. But still, it's not enough of a comment that you know deserves. Yeah, no, getting kicked out of a place that you pay a hundred dollars to be at. Yeah, seriously, hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> Gosh. But- um, really quick before we bring on Anderson Daniels here, uh. I have one more bit, the undefeated bit. So thanks to a three-way trade between the Toronto Maple Leafs, the St. Louis Blues, and our Minnesota Wild, famous Stanley Cup winning captain of first-line center, Ryan O'Reilly was a Minnesota Wild for about 30 seconds on Saturday, <laughs> uh, which means he never lost a game with a Wild jersey. So The only player to do that. I mean, is he the only player in, in – sports history to be undefeated with a with a given yeah. team i i would think the only ones are the I, are those folks who are involved in three-way trades the only one that i can think of recently is isaiah kiner falefa with the twins 
because we traded for him and then we traded him away. Oh, you're uh, right. To the Yankees and the Donaldson. That actually has happened a couple times. Or no, we times. got him and the Donaldson traded and traded. So there's, technically, undef- there's a few out or something, there. I don't there's know. a few anomalies, though, actually, yeah, with or, the Ryan yeah. O'Reilly bit. Or guys who like, guys or gals, like whatever, who will play somewhere for one day and then they'll be like, eh, actually, I'm going to retire. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, or Maybe the one day know. retire. Oh, yeah. The one day contract. But yeah. Yeah. That doesn't really count, though, because usually that's a team that they play for originally. So, yeah. But um, yeah, so I made the graphic that said, you know, undefeated, you know, Ryan O'Reilly never lost as a Minnesota Wild. And we got some very funny comments that I wanted to share on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, someone said, I think we should retire 90 as the best center we ever had next to Koivu. I absolutely agree with that comment. We should definitely hang it up in the rafters, maybe take down the number one. I don't know. Yeah. Russo responded to that because someone said it on Twitter, too. He's like, no, that goes to Joe Hansen. Remember, or Johansson, remember him? Like Marcus Johansson or something? Oh, yeah, Marcus Johansson. Oh, he he yeah. said that goes to him because he was number 90. He's okay. the best yeah. center we've ever had. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. So maybe maybe we'll throw up a 90 that they can split. Yeah, um, imagine that. Instagram, up. someone said, I thought the player we got was this legendary person named Retain Salary. Retain Salary is such a, a beast that he played for many teams at once and uh, is in high demand. So, yeah, Retain Salary is also someone who's pretty popular across all sports. That's great. Yeah. And uh, the best one was Twitter. Uh, This Photoshop physically hurts me. Um, (laughs) The most toxic place, obviously, which is Twitter. And you know what? The Photoshop, it wasn't even Photoshop. No, fuck them. It was was Canva. We did the best job we could, okay? So they don't even know what they're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously you don't know what you're talking about. But It's like, hey, if you hate seeing it, buy Photoshop for me and buy a class and I'll do it. Yeah, seriously. I'll do it for the fans. You're obviously commenting on it, so you're just a man of engagement. Yeah. I think we need to. I think anytime we're involved in three-way trades like that, we need to just start pumping out some unbelievable, un, just stupid facts like that. Because mm-hmm. I remember actually, and Russo inspired it in the Athletic. He was like, Ryan O'Reilly had a miraculous career at the Minnesota Wild that lasted about thirty seconds, and I'm yeah. like, idea in my head. We're gonna we're gonna pop that on a graphic. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I, I well, I think it'd be so funny if we legitimately the Wild retire his number yep. and just have a whole whole pregame spiel dedicated to Ryan O'Reilly's retirement. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be yeah. insane. He would just be like, what the fuck? The second, the <laughs> second number retired in wild history uh, beside Miko Koivu. Yep. Before like a Marion Gabrick or anything like that, we, we retire Ryan O'Reilly's Marion number. Marion Gabrick would be so pissed. Mm-hmm. Future Kaprizov. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly. Yep, we retired. Ryan I wonder O'Reilly. if we were gonna try to actually get Ryan O'Reilly, like in this, in, like all seriousness. There, I, don't, I mean, I there don't had to. Was the, it probably never was, but no. you had to think there was a time during that thirty seconds where Bills like, should I just not give him to the yeah. Leafs? <laughs> sure, we can't afford him. Uh, I don't know. I'm no, give him away. You got to give him away. Ah, shit. That it's guy, like that guy played I, pretty well against the Wild last year. I have so. him now, and I kind of want to keep him. It's, yeah. it's like it's like keeping the ring in Lord of the Rings and not destroying it, and like destroy it. Or no. or it's like if you buy a birthday present for someone in your family and, and, you, and you buy it and you're like, I might not give this to them. I might just keep this. I've I might done keep that. it for myself. Not you, keep, you not, have no, I, I didn't keep it, but I went and bought myself one as well. Yeah. I oh, forgot yeah. what it was, but I've definitely well, done that. Bill just he might have thought for you know a minute, but he's gonna go and try to try to get his own Ryan O'Reilly, another version of it, I guess. Or maybe maybe we trade the Maple Leafs someone else and we yeah. get O'Reilly back. Yeah. And we end up saving a lot more than we would have spent. We end up now you're thinking we that. end up trading retained salary yeah, for guy, something. That guy's really good at twenty five percent retained salary. <laughs> He's always undefeated actually, retained salary. Yep. So we'll, yep. we'll we'll get 
I've heard speculation that Tyler Bertuzzi will get. We'll we'll figure something out there. There's uh there's also a mounting which actually we'll get into this um in the buy or sell, but there's a mounting interest in Patrick Kane, which has Ooh. the which has wild fans divided. But um you'll hear that in the third segment. So let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Anderson Daniels. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to It's a Bit. We're joined with a very special guest, someone I've known for a very long time. We have Anderson Daniels, country music singer from our very own state of Minnesota, who also uh, splits time with Nashville. But uh, Anderson Daniels, great to have you on the show. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate you for uh, for having me be here. Yeah, and you are, I think, the first country singer on. We've had Sammy Adams, the rapper, on. I think you're the first one in countries. So Breaking the mold, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. But um, so uh, you said you're splitting time in Nashville, right? So you spend some time up in Minnesota, some time in Nashville. Yeah, a lot of back and forth, you know, just the communities here. And, and we still tour out of the Midwest and Minnesota all the time. But here, you know, doing the songwriter, uh, recording, taking meetings, all that type of stuff, you know, in town here. And then, uh, yeah, we're touring out of out of the Midwest still. So it's been uh, a lot of back and forth, but but it's fun. Well, this could be a controversial to a lot of people, but a lot of people probably want to know uh, what's better, Nashville or, or Minnesota. <laughs> Depends on what you're doing. Uh, I can't get away from Minnesota with, you know, I'm hunting fish and all that. So getting out in the outdoors in Minnesota is second to none. But um, if you're looking for a good time, this is definitely the place to be. Yeah. And, and too, like I'm guessing kind of the networking as a country country yeah. artist is crazy down there because that's literally the home of country music. So, yeah, everyone you meet, um, you know, especially if you're a writer, this is this is the place to be. So, um, yeah, just shaking hands and, and meeting new people and writing with new people all the time. So it's it's kind of where where everything's at. Yeah. So like how and when did I guess did you get started? I know my I remember my parents like like a year ago saying they saw you live and they're like, he's actually really good. And I'm like, really? I didn't even know he was doing country music. That's crazy. But yeah, when did you when did you get started? Well, so my brother moved down here um what, like twenty twelve, I think. And so like I was kinda always singing as a kid and kinda learned some guitar from him and stuff like that. But it wasn't until he moved here that I started, uh, you know, writing a lot more and, and whatnot. And then kind of in college, I had a lot more free time on your hands when you're not in class and stuff like that. And so I was just in my dorm room picking up the guitar and singing and playing and knew I always wanted to do live shows and whatnot. So I started hitting the open mics uh, around St. Cloud State and uh, kind of getting my, my feet wet with playing in front of a crowd and then just kind of went from there. So it was really like I like I, I always say like 2017 is when. I started recording my first record, so that's kind of when I say I got my start as an artist, and uh, kind of went from there. That's awesome. Well, how would you say how difficult is it to probably get into the country music scene in Minnesota versus like if you were just living in the South or maybe even living right in Nashville? Is that difficult in Minnesota, or is is there like a decent following for that to get into? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of great artists in in Minnesota and the Midwest, and and now there's the uh, Midwest Country Music Organization, which is a place for um, a bunch of you know artists from the Midwest that can join. It's uh you know it's a uh, an organization that helps connect people and uh, writers, venues, artists, all that type of stuff, businesses even, and uh, it's so that's definitely been a big help um, in kind of like helping the scene up in Minnesota, but you know. Nashville is just a different story and you know everybody moves here to to write and play and and try and make it and uh there's a lot that kind of goes into that but as far as like me in Minnesota it's it's been um you know I always knew that I wanted to get my start somewhere before I ever uprooted to Nashville so Minneapolis and kind of the surrounding areas then we started playing you know shows all around Minnesota and then that branched out into Wisconsin down to Chicago and Iowa and, and Omaha, Nebraska. So it's just kind of grown from there for me. And then this is a good place here to kind of base everything on the artist side out of um, when it comes to writing and recording and, and kind of my management companies here. So it's it's all uh, all kind of working on both ends. Yeah. So um, you, you mentioned all the different places you've been to and you've played at. What would you say is your favorite so far? Um, Let's see. We've gotten to do a couple cool things out in california um like a lot of like vineyard stuff out there so it's like cool to see really? that was just something like in the midwest like we got none of that so it's like cool <laughs> no. to go see you know that process and and learn about wine and stuff like that i'm a beer drinker so like, <laughs> like the first time strange. they interviewed me they're like what's your favorite kind of wine and i'm like uh i play country music the shit that comes was, in a box yeah, yeah. i was like red i don't uh, know like, push light <laughs> yeah that's what they said i should have said was just push light but <laughs> no, i was like oh, piss yeah. people off yeah you know, so that's kind of goofy to think that like you like when i think of vineyards i think of people with uh violins and violas mm-hmm. and, and right. ch- cellos and they just brought and, like country singers but that's, that's cool yeah them, them people will drink out there for sure, though. So that's if you got drinking, country music goes right with yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't matter if it's wine or beer; it's all alcohol. It's doing the same thing. I, I would think so. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I like to have a good time. Yeah. Who are uh, who have been then some of the bigger bigger artists or or biggest I, maybe the biggest artists you've worked with or collaborated with or played with or opened for um, in your yeah. Time? Yeah, we did some stuff with like Blake Shelton last year at Twin City Summer Jam. So he's yeah. up there. We got to do um, Firefest with like Midland and Lauren Elena. Um, I got to tour a little bit with Ronnie Millsap um, on his farewell tour and kind of those artists. I mean, it's always an honor to just like share the stage with a lot of these people and just kind of, you know, obviously you're not in the same category, but you're on the same stage. So it means something that you're there. And that's always a big like, um, you know, I, I take, uh, you know, I'm, I'm humbled to, to be on there on those shows and those stages. So we just kind of take it as a, tell the band before we go out, like, let's go, let's go do our thing and, um, you know, hang with these guys really. Yeah. I remember seeing when you got the spot in twin city summer jam, I'm like, that's sweet because not only did I know a lot of people going there, but I knew a lot of the country artists playing. So are those kind of the opportunities that just people come up, you know, approach you or your management company and they're like, you know, we want to bring on, especially, I think it helps that you're probably local, but how, like, did they reach out to you and they're like, we want you to open for uh, on Thursday? Yeah. A lot of like, like I feel as if over the last few years, I've been working really hard at putting together a really good live show. And so we'll get people to come out to, you know, a, a different show and they'll, they'll see what we have to offer. And then they, they kind of see, okay, this guy can hang, we can put him in this slot and and he'll get the job done for what we're looking for. So 
um, and then even exceed expectations is, is my goal. And I think that happens, you know, uh, a good amount of the time. So I'm proud of the show that we put together and I'm, and I'm proud of the, you know, the way the band plays and, and how tight our, our set is. And, uh, and yeah, they, they'll reach out and, you know, those opportunities are, you know, ones that we want to capitalize on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's just, that's amazing. And just, to, I know, cause I, I always see big names come to the twin city summer jam, but isn't it, wasn't it the last year they're doing it? Yeah, it was the last year they're doing it um, because they're opening an amphitheater there, and I think they're kind of under construction at, at Canterbury for all of that right now. So, oh, sick. Well, I, I, I just, well, are they going to like probably bring it back then when they open the amphitheater, or are they going to bring in another tour? Or? I don't know what what the situation is with that. I think it's more of like we're just going to get some artists to play at the amphitheater and stuff like that. I don't okay. think the festivals come back. I insider thing here I, I heard they're working on like another festival in a different location so okay. um hopefully that kind of kicks up i think this year or next year or something like that so um, i'm sure they'll they'll announce it all soon but they'll, yeah. pro- they'll probably they'll probably just they'll probably as re- much as i can say yeah, yeah. they'll probably okay. just rebrand it yeah <laughs> they'll just call it something else but Twin like it, it'll still yeah. be there it'll Minnesota still be there. country jam yeah i don't know yeah no that, that, <laughs> i i just heard that i'm like oh that's too bad well i know that in that same property though i think that same weekend where they host it because I think where they host that is literally people think it's like inside Canterbury and it's but it's literally just on like the grounds outside of it right that's where they've hosted yep, it yeah, yeah it's right in the middle of the racetrack yeah oh it, it so it's right in the middle of like it's inside the the racetrack that's where yep, they host it yeah oh, they shit. put the stage up there oh wow kind of have all the vendors fill in there and then yeah yeah we literally took the <laughs> drove right on the racetrack to get get all our gear backstage and everything like that so it was pretty cool that's, that's sweet. Fun. That's fucking sweet. Are those like at some of the places you play? Are those backstage parties kind of fun? Because we uh, we knew a guy who uh, from Bigwood Brewing in White Bear Lake who had gone on tour and played in in um, like various music festivals, and he said it's just guys just drinking beer behind stage and people just kind of pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it all depends on like what artist you're with and. I think what a lot of people don't realize too is it kind of sometimes depends on what night it is. Like if it's the first night of a, a three night run or something like that, people are typically more lively, you know, backstage. And come Saturday after you know playing a couple nights, I've I've been there before where it's just like, oh man, I just can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it three straight nights like that. I mean, yeah, you know, some people can, some people can't, but you get it's a it's a tiring process when you're traveling on the road and then you know you got sound check you got to make and then you know, you, you perform and you do the set and that takes so much energy. And then it's kind of after that, it's, it's either one, it either hypes you up even more to be like, all right, what are we doing now? Or it's like, all right, that's everything I got time to yeah. kind of rest up. But yeah, that's, that's always kind of wondered about like going on tour is the balance between partying and actually performing because mm-hmm. especially when you're doing like back to back, I can't, I don't right know how, night. how people like well older than all of us do that shit. <laughs> yeah. Like some of these bands are yeah, still yeah. on tour. It's like, I know they're for a fact night they're, night. that they're not sober every one of these nights. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> right. And then they come right. out, I'm sober now. Yeah. You're like, wow. Yeah. Like, tell me the trick. Tell <laughs> yeah. me the secret. Right. Goodness. Yeah. I feel like I go on tour just working a full-time job every day. Like shit. Like, and I'm staying put. It just feels like that can be that strenuous. Yeah. So I can't imagine <laughs> right. being on tour. Well, I mean, like, well, that brings me to a question, like, as someone you've been on tour before, um, you've been on tour, right? Like where you're playing probably day after day, or at least every other yeah. day and probably a lot of travel, yeah. a, lot, a lot of travel. I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, how does a musician do with that every day? And I try to think of like, to, to the people, it's a new show. It's fresh because you're going to a different location, but you're doing the same thing maybe every night. Maybe you're 
improvising, throwing maybe a couple different songs in the set or whatever. But like, how do you keep it fresh? How do you cope with the maybe the the stresses of of a tour? A lot of caffeine, um, just uh, hitting that on the road. No, but uh, <laughs> it's. I think a lot of the times, like you got to remind yourself that no matter what you're feeling that day there's people that are showing up to you know come see you play there's people that are showing up that that paid money to get a a babysitter or an uber to the show and and paid money for the ticket to come see you play so it's like i know what it's like to be a country music fan and be in the audience and i want the best experience possible and so that's as an artist when i'm on stage that's what i'm trying to bring people every night so it's like every ounce of energy i'm going to put it on stage during that, you know, 30 to 90 minutes that we're out there, kind of depending on what the show is. But that's that's I'm going to bring it every night because I know those people are there to see a, a good show. So it's like keeping that mentality night in and night out, especially when you're traveling to new cities and stuff like that. And it's it's such a, a, a privilege to be able to do it because, you know, I get to see a lot of parts of the country that I've never, you know, never would have even thought to go to. So it's um it's it's pretty cool that way. Yeah, you got to be a fan before you can be a performer. Then you know exactly what you got to deliver. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know your audience. I mean, you guys know, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know the people that are, are listening to you, what kind of audience you have, and you want to give them the best show possible. Yeah. So it's like yeah. it, kind of the same mentality. Yeah. Well, kind of going back to some of your, your stuff in the studio, um, are there any songs you wrote where you were surprised how well they did in terms of listenership or kind of vice versa where you're like, God, I thought that was a banger and just no one listened to it? <laughs> or the opposite like, because we, those, we know how that goes with just putting out content is like sometimes you put all your effort into one thing and you're like man no one else like that whereas sometimes you just do the littlest thing and people just love it oh for sure especially nowadays you know sometimes the music business feels like the content business and it's it's uh it's tough especially you know a lot of artists and stuff like that now are, are really relying on like tiktok and reels and stuff like that to, to get their stuff heard which is a great source for us to get it heard but you might pour 30 minutes to an hour and a half into one video and then it doesn't go anywhere. But like for me, sonically wise, releasing music, um, you know, I, I put out the Heartland EP was my first ever record that I released. And it was awesome. Cause, I mean, we got inside the top 20 on the iTunes country charts and that was my first time ever releasing anything. So I was super proud of that. And it, it gave me a uh, kind of a launching pad to, to a music career. And then it was... I think two years after was when I released my next single after that project and there was town like this. And that's been my biggest song since. So it's like that song, when that came out, it was like, Oh, we got a lot more ears listening to, to me than I, I thought we did. So, um, that was a great feeling to, to kind of be surprised by that. And then, you know, ever, ever since then, it's like, I'm trying to get, get those, uh, the, the next song that's going to do that. So it's, um, every time I put something out, it's like, all right, how do we get get those ears listening to to this the way they did that? So it's it's kind of a, a balance because you don't want to do the same thing over and over. But um, yeah, it's definitely a cool feeling when you're like, oh, okay, this is reaching a lot more people than I thought. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, when you're like when you're recording music, um, I know it's obviously way different from like playing playing it live. But like, do you ever like do you ever like have to like listen to it over and over again to like make sure something sounds right or anything like that? And you're just like get annoyed by how you sound you're like i need to take a break like this is getting all all the time especially yeah when you when when you're in the studio and you're listening to like okay should we say like like this or that instead of you know a certain word like it's the smallest stuff but you're like is this gonna 
hit the listener right if if this part isn't here or something like that or this one word isn't here did that did i hit that note too sharp do we have to go over and do that again like it's 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 a weird feeling but then yeah you listen to it too many times and you're like okay we got to get some fresh ears on this thing so we'll send it to somebody or take a break and go go grab a bite to eat or get a beer or something like that and then come back to it yeah, I mean we've we've experienced it on a very minor level. Mm. We've uh, we've written a few parody songs, "Thick Boy Summer," "We Wish You a Merry <laughs> Kirkmas," but uh, yeah, there were even like bangers. Rec- yeah, That's bangers. But Hits. like, but we we got the smallest sample of like studio life, and by the end of that three or four hours that it took us to record a two minute parody song, like we all wanted to kill each other. So, <laughs> like, right. I I'll never understand it to the level that you and a lot of other artists yeah. see it at. But like, I've gotten a taste of it, and I kind of know the pain of, of you know, keeping tempo. Or you listen back to something, you're like, God, oh, that sounded like shit. Or I was off here, yeah. Or or you, or you got to start changing lyrics around because you're like, man, that on paper that sounded like it, it would have made a lot of sense. And then now I don't know how to fit it in with the melody, like, or or you get you can get the final even the final version back. You're like, nope, this is it, and you're sitting there overthinking like your part or yeah, your aspect yeah. of it, but right? Like, right? It's it, and then things like people that. in your industry do that for an entire album, and then you and then <laughs> yeah. like a few months later you might write another album. So I I don't know how you do it how all you, again, yeah, how how you you guys do that because. Oh, uh, we do about one song a year, and that's that's all we're good for. We'll go on tour. <laughs> that's <though>. enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you <laughs> never need someone to open for you, yeah, yeah. just us right, singing yeah. our we'll two to, songs. We'll have to get a show together. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have to do grief. something. In or, uh, yeah. or yeah, you can you can add a you can add a verse to our next one that we come up with. Perfect. I don't, I don't know what That'll be perfect. Be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can do that. But um, kind of another question about you know playing live. I guess what's the most challenging part of doing it? Like obviously, you know, you only get one run at at playing the song. So if you, if something goes a little wrong, you have to improvise, but are there any things that, you know, regular listeners wouldn't see that is actually really difficult? Sometimes. I mean, a lot of it has to do with like batteries go out or something like that, or uh, a break a string or something. But as long as you got somebody, you know, some crew guys or something like that, that are there and, and I'm able to play it off pretty good, like not make it a big deal, but um that can ruin a show sometimes if you're like i you know you just kind of a mishap happens and uh you're kind of like okay we might be screwed here for this next part that's coming up where i'm gonna need this guitar or something like that so (laughs) that's the toughest part is just like you can only control what you can control so you know batteries go out or something like that it's it's uh like "Ah, i should have changed those before the set like i just it's something so easy but um yeah i mean forgetting words and stuff like that i mean if you act if you don't make it a big deal the moment goes by so quick that you know just shake it off and and get right back to it it's uh it's not too bad yeah and i don't think no one even notices it like you could like fixate on something you 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 know you're like oh fuck i missed that missed that note or something it's like no one's gonna notice that in the crowd yeah you just like just keep it going yeah. and and don't act like it's a big deal people aren't gonna treat it like a big deal <laughs> no i was i was laughing because uh, well you guys know i i played in a band a few years ago uh, with a couple friends, and we just played at like some small venues around Minneapolis and stuff. But we played at one show in like this place in Hopkins, and our sing my singer just stopped halfway through the song because the song stops, <laughs> like the drums and bass stop, and he's supposed to keep playing, and he literally stopped, looked at us, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> we're like, uh, "You're supposed to keep playing," and we're having this conversation on stage as like people are playing, but people thought it was hilarious, and I'm sitting there like, "Oh fuck, 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 fuck." But like that was a big fuck up, and people still didn't care. I thought it was yeah. funny. Like, so 
but no, I can't. But on the stage you're at, though, with more people, I feel like it's it could be even more daunting. But like, I just feel like it's one of those things where just keep playing through it. No one notice it. Fuck it. Just keep right. going. Keep keep it moving. That's what I always said. Just mess up a little bit. Keep it moving. Yeah, they'll forget about it. Yeah, who would you say in the world of country music kind of inspired you or or artists that you look up to? Yeah, I'd say um, like right now, uh, Cody Johnson's a big guy for me um, just because he kind of built everything outside of Nashville. He was on the road touring out of Texas for like 15 years before he got a deal and he kind of put him himself put himself in a position where you know he didn't need a record a record deal he he found the right one that was good enough for him he was already selling out you know a ton of a ton of venues and and arenas and big stages and um you know he wanted to go to radio so he found a deal that could could get him there and to kind of build something up um build up an audience outside of town here and then you have something concrete that like you know a label can just throw gasoline on a fire that's already lit um that that's been a big inspiration for me and kind of like how I modeled what I've been trying to do. And, uh, uh, and you know, a lot of people think he's a new artist cause he's, he's, you know, just coming on radio now or, or was up for a couple of the new artist of year awards and stuff like that, but he's been around for 15 years, you know, grinding and, and playing. So it's, uh, that, that's one guy that's definitely an inspiration, not only, um, you know, music wise and in his music and his songs, but just the way he kind of went about his business and, and building up his audience is, is a big inspiration to me. That's sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, I want to talk about going back to your live shows. What would you say is the average music goer, a concert goer? What, 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 what it like describe them to me? The, what the demographic, the demographic of the person <laughs> who's up in the front of the stage, guy or gal, what does the average person look like at your shows? I'm oh, curious. Oh man, uh, I'm done. Yeah, maybe I'm talking about the crazy people like up next to the stage. <laughs> we, we've had plenty of those people, uh, but uh, um, yeah, I don't know. They're just they're literally if you like thought of a Luke Combs or a Morgan Wallen show or something like that, you're getting all those people out at like every country show, oh. you know, they're wearing a flannel, they've got a bush light in their hand yeah. and probably a beard or something like that. And they just got off, you know, work at, at, you know, your local shop or whatever. And they're, uh, they're the people that we make music for, you yeah. know, it's, it, that's what I grew up around and that's who I want to represent in country music. So, um, you know, when those people come out, it's like I see them in the audience and I know what position they're in because that's me, too. So yeah. it's like trying to represent that on stage and through the songs that we're playing is, is really cool. The, the first thing that came in my head was uh, from Talladega Nights when Cal, when Cal is like, I picture baby Jesus as a front row at a Leonard Skinner concert. Now I'm, I'm front hammered row Leonard drunk. <laughs> and I'm hammered drunk. Oh, got a, uh, what did he say? A tuxedo T-shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just hammered. Yeah. Yeah. You get those people. We were playing in, um, we were playing in Omaha the other week and like, I'm looking front row, you know, next to the rail or whatever. And the guy's got a, a bucket of beer sitting down at his feet. I was like, is that supposed to be for us on stage? Like did the security, like not put that on the right side of the the rail or whatever? No, this guy didn't want to like lose his spot at the front to go back and get beers. So he just picked up like a sixer, threw him in a bucket oh. and set some, set some up next they to get, him on stage. They, working harder, not smart or smarter. Yeah, not harder. exactly. Yeah. Like God bless him. You know, yeah. I hope that six pack's gone by the time we're done playing. Uh, yeah. Maybe exactly. after one song. I mean, yeah. it's going to get another couple buckets, multiple buckets there. 
Well, uh, what would you say is your favorite song you've written so far? Man, um, probably Cheyenne. Uh, that's a song that that I wrote with a buddy, TJ Morrow, who also released and put that song out. And kind of I started playing it at shows like, hey, this is a song, you know, my buddy and I wrote. He cut it. Um, and the more and more I started playing it, the more and more I was like, oh, I, you know, really love this song. And everybody else that was listening to it was saying the same thing. So I ended up cutting it and putting it out. But, you know, it's a song that like when you hear it, um, a lot of people are th- thinking that you're talking about a girl and really it's about like finding like falling in love with a place and not a person uh, a place that makes you feel kind of at home and um just a cool different spin on it and, and the way we recorded it with with the steel guitar and everything like that it sounds super cool and and love the production on it so that's probably my favorite um song that i've, I've been a part of writing and, and was able to put out as an artist that's cool. That's yeah. sweet. Well, you, you mentioned like the used it with like the steel guitar and stuff, and that's a that's a really unique instrument. But what other instruments have you tried to implement in your in your songs beyond just like the guitar and maybe drums or even like bass? What other unique instruments have you tried Man, to inject? That, that's about it. Really? Those are about. Oh it, shit! But, I listed uh, them all. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, he hasn't said bass yet. He hasn't. No. Oh. Um, all of those, and then you know we've had fiddle on a few songs yes. too, but. It's crazy how many different sounds you can get out of a guitar with all the pedals and stuff like that, mm-hmm. all the technology they have now. So it's like some of the songs that we have is, uh, you know, there's a cool little lick or something like that that you wouldn't even think's a, a guitar, but it is. And it's uh, it's super cool to hear when a producer is able to, like, take your vision of a song and kind of bring it to life. And uh, and that's one of my favorite parts about the recording process specifically. If the opportunity ever presented itself, would you ever dabble into hip hop? I would maybe do it as like, uh, I would do it as like the guy that sings like the chorus or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like I wouldn't throw. A You'd be the feature. Yeah, you like wouldn't. That. You wouldn't lay down a bar. Yeah, exactly. no, I'd be the feature guy on <laughs> the there. Backwoods rap. Like, I'd be the guy like in the music video, just kind of like standing in the background, you know, while yeah. they're up there doing the thing. And then the chorus comes and it zooms in on me and I do the chorus. But um, no, the closest thing I'm going to do to that, I got a song called Way Out. That's like the verses are like really fast and I'm kind of talking during them. So it's kind of it's oh, yeah, almost sure. like that, go. like a Colt Ford-esque, yeah. like kind of rap type A little thing. bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so like that's the closest thing. And even when those, when that we play that song live, I'm just like don't fumble over these words because they yeah. go so quick mm-hmm. and it's like trying to remember all of them. What comes after the next part is, is tough sometimes. Don't drink beers until we're done with this song. Yeah. Like, no, don't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I got to have a couple before I go on stage just to, to loosen up and lighten up. I always, you know, want to be right in the pocket of, of uh, knowing what I'm doing, but also, you know, having a few to enjoy it too. So absolutely. The, the Jim, Jim Leahy. Jim Leahy yeah, said it yeah, best. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, exactly. that, that's the know, standard you, know. you live by. Right yeah. in the pocket. Being, being a country singer. I want to be the monkey with all the bananas. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what he says like immediately after. <laughs> well, you, you got to uh, be a monkey with all the bananas. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, also uh, I, I, a suggestion, you know, your songs maybe could use more cowbell. True, you never know. You, you never know. You could inject some more cowbell, play cowbell, or, you know, if you do You're the first it. person to ever tell me that. Really? You know? Throw, throw it on the drum kit. Yeah. I actually do love when a drummer implements, like, a yeah. cowbell. Yeah, he has a cowbell. Like, where's that cowbell coming from? Oh, he has it attached to his kit. Yeah. 
sick. It's a perfect, perfect setup. I'm gonna have to talk to my guy. Yeah, yeah. Just let him know. Float it his way, or just flat out like <laughs> you on stage. You know, I don't know if you have like another guitarist up there with you, but like he can take over for a second, and you can just start fucking smashing the cowbell on stage, <laughs> like the uh, like the Jack Get Harlow Dor- Doritos commercial with the triangle. Remember, yeah. where they're like, oh, you yeah. need to start using the triangle. He's like, okay, yeah, nope. yeah. yeah su- Super Bowl commercial, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. one of the only ones I actually remember. I have a, I, I, that you remind me of that. Yeah. It was actually one of the few funny ones. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of funny ones. There was a was it Ram or somebody? One of those truck commercials with like the long lasting, uh, like <laughs> long lasting engine. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the funniest one. I thought I was well, geeking at that one. What was the what was the term they used for that? Uh, it, right it was it was something. It was making fun of erectile dysfunction or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like dude, dis. Yeah, here. Um, transmittal. No, a transmission. Oh, gosh. It was premature electrification. Oh, That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. That's hilarious. Premature electrification. God bless him for, for doing that one because that was, yeah, that was like one of the only ones that made me laugh all Super Bowl. Yeah. Did they have, did I see a Budweiser commercial? I feel like I didn't. It was. No Budweiser, no Burger King. No Budweiser, no Burger. I'm kind of. Su- I'm. I'm not surprised Burger King because they have to have spent so much fucking money on yeah. the other nine months of the season. But Budweiser's always Budweiser a was kind of a big miss, in my yeah. opinion. Did you all win any? Did y'all win any of your bets on the on the on the props that you guys yeah. were talking about on the other episode? Yeah. So Cam hit you the hit o- yeah Cam hit the octopus, which is one player who gets a touchdown and then a two point conversion, which Jalen Hurts did. So that was the wow. biggest one. Gatorade color, I think, was orange. It was purple. It was it purple. Was purple. Yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it was purple. I, t- I took a bet on red, thinking like, yeah. okay, that's it's decent odds. And then purple came out of nowhere, man. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. I think I, cr- I think Chris Stapleton was a lock for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew he was going to drag that out that national anthem. Rightfully so. so. I was talking to my buddy. I thought he was going to go a little bit under. Um, really? I yeah. thought he was going to be just under because I, I like, I've sang the national anthem before. That's a lot of seconds, man. I don't know. But hey. It hit. A lot of planned out breathing, I feel like, when you're going to sing something out that long. There's, there's talent there. Like, how, how do I take a breath without ruining this moment? Uh, I would be like, oh. Billion people watching. Oh, say. Yeah. Oh, shit. I took the breath at the wrong time. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, that'll screw you up bad. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that. You got But that's another thing about even in your shoes. You got to find the right cadence subconsciously, too, of when to take breaths <laughs> so you don't, you know, not splitting up a, a whole verse. <laughs> Right, like with this right time. To, you have to find the right times to sip your beer too, because yeah. I've done yeah. that before. Where I'm yeah. like, "Oh shit, I'm uh, I gotta not have beer in my mouth right now when I'm saying this." But yeah, yeah, that'll get you. That's all all timing. Yep, yeah, absolute professionalism. Well, the the last question I had for you was: uh, you played in our 2022 10K Invitational Golf Tournament, and I believe you got cucked out of a whole game uh, because I did. <laughs> it. I, we won that. We won that tournament. Yeah, yeah, you guys won. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if I explained this to you, but Jake read off the awards, and on the hole signs, he thought the name on the top was the one who <laughs> yeah. who was the winner. I, it was so, I never done that before. Yeah, so. I had it closest to the pin, and I was ready to get up out of my chair. <sighs> Just start yelling their name, and I'm like, "How much was that for? We owe we owe you twenty we tournament. owe you twenty five dollars. Remember <laughs> well, that? We'll, <laughs> we'll uh we'll, we'll buy your buy, your your six pack at the next, next time one. Or yeah. yeah, there you go. I'd have been bad if I was the one who initiated some sort of brawl. At a charity event, yeah, like for our for, for this golf <laughs> tournament. Reading yeah, I got to come back and defend my belt next year. You do, year, yeah, yeah. You guys won, 
it's yeah. uh, uh it's gonna be at a new location this year we'll say that and we're pretty sure it's gonna be on a friday so get after it a little more okay maybe we'll have to do a show or something like that after yeah after oh, the uh that would actually after, that would actually be sweet because be the, the place we're having it at would definitely allow for that so oh, that would be ideal we'll be in we'll be in touch create a whole party Great. let's create a whole music festival on top of it Yep. Let's fucking get Luke Bryan in here. Yep, and we're gonna we're gonna fill this country festival. Up. Yeah, yeah, 10K country fest at a golf course. We're, we're gonna I'm open in. it up. We're gonna. It open. sounds we'll just, really good right now. Yeah. We'll just put a stage on the first fairway. Fuck it, right? Oh, it's for for charity. What sure. Are, what are they gonna say? We'll bring Sammy Adams out as well. Yeah. Add some rap. <laughs> yeah. Why, why not? not? A if, you, if you hit the band, it's an extra. You get a bonus or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right in the middle of the okay. Yeah, and if you land it, if you land it between the strings, we could put up a guitar and do one of those like stinger challenges where you break mm-hmm. the glass. Except you got to hit it in the hole of the guitar, like through the strings. Yep. You got to hit it Ooh. that hard. Yep. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, we're thinking now. We're rolling. We're spitting ideas right we're now. Rolling with ideas. But Jake, did you have any other questions? Oh uh, yeah, one I had. Uh, is it possible for a mosh pit to occur at a country music concert? <laughs> can it happen or has it happened or could we make it happen? i don't know if it's like a uh <laughs> well i don't know i went to a co wetzel show not too long ago and i think there might have been one there um <laughs> okay so, love it and you never know with some of the new hardy music that's out now too Yeah, he's um, doing the rock thing that's right yeah yeah um you get some of that i'm sure it's it's if it hasn't happened yet it's gonna pop up during those shows but uh no i've never had one at mine um and i think anytime uh you know, fight breaks out or something like that. I swear country music's like the, the one genre that like the artists will call them out on stage mm-hmm. and stuff like that and make a big like scene about it and get them out of there and stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like people, people cut that out pretty quick. I don't know. Yeah. I think it'd just be very, very entertaining if you somehow could create one, one out in a mosh I think, pit. I think if you get the crowd a good enough drunk and there's hard enough, like, Almost rock, a almost riff. like what Hardy does. Like it, it could work. You maybe. just need to yell "mosh pit" and people. Yeah, I was, some, I was gonna be say idiots. maybe if I pushed it on stage. So yeah, yeah, see what kind be, of reaction you get. Be a great look. And, you have enough <laughs> drunk people out there to be like. Oh, the right. venue's got insurance. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mosh pit. I'm sure there's crowd surfing though a lot, right? Th- that's got to happen a lot. Uh, or yeah. They don't allow that. How, well, yeah. I, I don't know how much even that happens at country concerts. I feel like people are pretty tame, but. Yeah. They are. They just kind of drink and just vibe. That's yeah. that's kind of the country crowd. It seems no. like. Well, like Lakefront Festival and Prior Lake, like that was that was fucking sick too. Like it was uh, Randy Hauser, yeah, and then Alabama came in and filled in for Toby Keith kind of last second. But that was that was sick. I went to Parker McCollum like two weeks ago, and it was literally just at the Armory. Dudes drinking oh, beer, yeah, at the Armory, having yeah. a good time. Like there was no antics at all. That's, yeah. that's most of the country concerts have been like that, right? And versus just some country or uh, not country versus just some rock slash metal concerts I go to, I'm just fucked up getting bounced around and have bruises the next day. See, I don't, I don't <laughs> see the fun in that. I, I think it's fucking exhilarating. You're a psychopath. I'm not in like the I, one. I, to, uh, I don't know. I went to go see, uh, I saw Breaking Benjamin and Corn one night. Oh, no. And then the next night I went to uh, a country show. I'm trying to think of who I went to, but. Like it was the weirdest thing because the production and like you know I mean corn just massive sound yeah. and everything like that and the production the lights everything and then you go to a country concert the next night and it's a lot more tame I was like oh man this is just a different different vibe was that one at the state fair 
country or corn and breaking benjamin weren't they there oh that was at uh was different? i think that was at the xl okay. um, when yeah. i went to that one breaking benjamin we did see zane and i saw breaking benjamin with allison chains that's and Bush, yeah. Um, yeah which was okay. an awesome yeah, show but of. but breaking Ben, yeah break but no that's crazy because corn you have like they're fucking crazy ass fucking new metal shit and then i can't imagine just night and day difference from yeah like totally different yeah, yeah. the oh, crowd goodness. the 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 music yeah yeah the was, people i've it's got a, they probably would not gel in one room together. No, I probably should have taken a night off in between those concerts, but, uh, yeah, no, that's great Yeah, for sure. Well, before we let you go, we've had such a blast. Uh, we got to do the signature rapid fire. So if you've listened to other episodes, you'll probably hear us just fire through 10 questions. We've changed up right. some of them. So, um, all right. The first song in the rapid fire, who was your favorite athlete growing up? Randy Moss, probably. Yeah. And really quick, I know at our golf tournament you won the bid for the John Daly cigarette signed yes. picture. Where where did you where'd you end up hanging that up? I'm curious. That's hung up in my office at, at uh in my kind of music room in Minnesota. That's hung Beautiful. up on the wall. Yeah, that's a that's nice. a national treasure. Right away. Um second one. If you owned a boat, what would you name it? Oof. Oof, probably. Oof? Yeah, that's Oof, that's fitting. <laughs> that plays the that plays the Minnesota card. Love it. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer Minneapolis or St. Paul? Uh, I'd probably go Minneapolis. I think I just know it better being on growing up kind of northwest Minneapolis, like on that side of the suburbs and whatnot. But yep. um, yeah, I'd probably say that. Okay. Um, is a hot dog a sandwich? No. If you were given an all expenses paid trip to North Dakota, would you take it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I got good people up there. I went to college up there. Mm -hmm. Fun time. Good people. Good hunting up there. Yep. Good fishing. Yeah. Yep. Um, what's your favorite song of all time? Um, might be Walking in Memphis. Oh, yeah. Walking yeah. in Memphis. Who's that by? Man, I am. Tonight. I don't know. Lone Star did the... Uh, did the version that I always sing. The but, cover, yeah. Um, it's probably like... Yeah. That's a good song. I haven't heard that one in a while. Mm. Um, Let's see. Would you rather slap a random baby or your own grandma? <laughs> uh, are there repercussions from doing the baby? No. <laughs> I'd probably do that then. Yeah. Sure. I, love, I love my grandma too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, who's the funniest artist you've ever met? Funniest? Um... Or just like biggest character, I guess, maybe. Probably the guys from Midland. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're a hoot. Um, best fast food place? Probably Taco Bell. Yep. That's and, just classic. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's always a go-to answer. You really can't go wrong with that. Right. And uh, the final one is just give us your strike three call. <laughs> you got a deep like voice, the, so I'm, yeah, I'm, an, I'm expecting an umpire. Yeah, yep, I'm expecting shit. Yeah, Steve, right, he's out. All right, there you go. Nice job, that was solid. Love it. Something like that. Yeah, you can't overthink it, right? No, no, just you straight can't. To the point, whatever, whatever pops in your head first is what you should say. Yeah, unless it's like, unless it's not the words you're out or strike three, mm -hmm. then probably not. But mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do. Don't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, don't. No, there's inside words and there's outside words. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. man, this has been such a blast. Uh, let us know where, where can everyone listen to your music and find you? Uh, yeah, any of the streaming platforms, just search Anderson Daniels. I'll be on there. Um, Anderson Daniels music.com has all, all the merch and, and tour dates on there. Um, Instagram is probably where I hang out the most on social media. Um, that's at Anderson Daniels official. And, uh, that's where I'm chilling. It's awesome. Come man. see a show. That's sick. Dude, we're definitely going to come see yeah. a show this, this summer. You got to, yeah, we'll definitely see what the tour dates are. And yeah. Try, I think try I to saw to get into the next one, like Winstead festival is one Winstock, yeah. Winstock. Oh, yeah, we need to get uh, up there. That yeah. that looks like a fun time based on what I've yeah, seen. Yeah, that'll be my first time playing there, but I know we're there the same night as Cody Johnson, so it'll be a, a really good good evening. So yeah, um, yeah we got a bunch of stuff coming up that we haven't announced yet. So got some new music okay. in the works um, that should be out here soon, and uh, and I'm excited about it. Sweet, man. We're looking forward to it. Love it. Yeah. Appreciate y'all for having me on, man. Let's do it again. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. thanks so much, man. Talk about one of the worst exchanges in the Twin Cities when you're trying to go eastbound through Minneapolis to St. Paul and you have to sit here in this stretch. You think that you left at a convenient time four hours after rush hour and you're still sitting here for 20 minutes. I mean, I've driven here at like midnight before and I've still had to sit and wait on this fucking bridge to get into the tunnel. I legitimately had to cut over just to get into this lane a ways back. And I was sitting there in the middle of the intersection and I had to flip someone off because they were honking at me while I was waiting to get in. Everything about this spot, except for people going that way, everything about this spot going eastbound on 94 is just an absolute disaster. All right, welcome back to It's a Bit. Awesome interview with our friend Anderson Daniels. Go out and listen to his music. He's all over Spotify, Apple Music. You follow him on Instagram. If you're a country music fan, you'll definitely like his work. But anyways, let's get into the final segment here. Buy or sell. So I'm going to name famous people around the world. It could be sports pop culture, anyone in the news, could be a person, place, thing, whatever. And uh, we're going to go around and say whether we'd buy or sell that thing or individual. So as I mentioned at the end of the first segment, um, the Wild are kind of looking at Patrick Kane right now. Not the Wild, but fans are starting to look at Patrick Kane. I think last night, Monday night, he had a hattie against, uh, fuck, who'd they play? Oh, shit. Uh, I saw the video this morning. It wasn't Seattle, This morning because Chief was just jizzing all over it yeah i mean it was ironic because they were just talking about how he might be traded there was all that speculation for a week long yeah long story short he looked good he did um but anyway so i think we'd have to give up a decent amount for him it's peace patrick kane uh he would basically be considered a rental i think based on how much how many people we have to pay in the off season with the salary cap after the buyouts and all that shit but if there was a made a way to make it work with the wild this year would you buy or sell Patrick Kane, producer Cam? I'm, this is very hard because, like, the like fun side of me wants to buy it because it would be electric. I'd get his fucking jersey right away. I wouldn't do that, but his <laughs> he's been a tr- no. Like, let's fucking go. Um, but like it, he would, he would sell a stupid amount of jerseys, and it would just be like it would be electric. It'd be close to what it was like. We brought Flurry over last trade mm-hmm. deadline. Like it would be close to that, maybe if not like bigger. So I mean that part makes me want to buy it. But the other side, like his cap hit is 10.5. We only have 10 mil in cap left. So we're going to have to give up some shit and he's going to be gone the year next year. Yeah. Cause most we have, likely we have, yeah. Cause we have to pay a shit ton of players. And if we do get him, I would probably want him to be gone. Cause he's 34 and we have younger players that we need to sign. Like he's got hip issues too. Yeah. So the like realistic side of me, like I- I'm out Jake. Oh yeah. See, it's really tough because of his damn age, but, and he's, 
been a, like a staple in, in terms of our rivalry with Chicago for the last yeah. 15 years. I remember growing up, I mean, he was drafted first overall in like 2007. So watching him that long, it, it's tough to say, I guess, but he's, he's still fucking good. If we could make the deal work, I'd buy Patrick Kane. Yeah. I'd, I'd buy Patrick Kane and find a way to even get him to stay beyond this year. If it's possible, I'd buy Patrick Kane. I've seen that guy, what he's been able to do. I remember going to my uh, going to a playoff game in 2015 uh, in the second round, and the Wild lost one nothing. and guess who scored the goal? Patrick fucking Kane. And yeah. Granted, that was eight years ago, but they did win the cup. He knows how to win a cup. He's been a winner before. He knows how to do it. He still has a lot in the tank. Hockey players at 34, though, like, I mean – the longevity is so much longer, I feel like, in hockey than other professional sports, as long as they stay in shape. I think if we get them for the right price, give up the right things to retain that, the you know, still have the right amount of salary cap or have enough space, I'd buy Patrick Kane. I really would. Yeah. I really would. It's just hard. It's hard to to know, I guess. So it was actually Toronto that he scored a Hattie against. Okay. Fucking yeah. Toronto. With the people he's playing with, that's pretty impressive. I think Taze, Taze is out till like, March. He's sick or something. Yeah. He's on COVID my fantasy hockey team. Just been fucking me over because of that. <laughs> Fuck him. Him and, him and Cam Talbot, that son of a bitch. But yeah. but, yeah, I mean, dude, Kane is still that guy. I just, I don't, I don't see a scenario where it works if he's, uh, you know, I we're going to have to give up prospects, which yeah. we, we have the best prospect pool right now in the, na- in, hey, do, in the league. Do we want to, like pick from that for a guy that we might not keep right that's a thing another thing for me too is like obviously the wild are my favorite hockey team like i'm always optimistic about them but i have a hard time believing we can make a super deep run in the playoffs so like what for what is it worth right we need we need more guys than one yeah to get to get it done this year and like i've watched games with like like some of the top teams in the West and the East. Like, we watched the Edmonton Rangers game the other day. Like, there's no fucking way we could beat those guys in a seven-game series. Yeah. No. So well, there's so many better At teams. least with the scoring problems we've had lately, it's going to be tough. That's right. a, that's the thing. Patrick Kane is a guy you bring in to give yourself a, a deep run, yeah. not just... Yeah. But you, you, like, you can't tell but me with no. a straight look on your face. That and that's, that's the other no. thing. Like, would he want to come here? Yeah. That's well, exactly. You, I don't think he'd want to come here at least yeah. right now. If this was last year, he'd be like, "I'm all in well, on Minnesota. Send me there." Now. He has a clause, doesn't he? So he has like he. It's, the ball's in his court, isn't it? Yeah. For the he most gets, part, he, he, he really wanted to go to to New York. Like when uh, when New York signed Tarasenko, he was like, trick, he yeah. was he was pissed. I I saw a thing actually when I just googled his name while we were talking about him. They're saying that it's still possible, which would be so stupid. Um, Dallas, Dal- Dallas could make sense too. I don't know. I I'm gonna sell just because I think for the long term it doesn't make sense. No. But but I think like the NHL franchise mode side of me that lives in Banana Land would love to see it yeah. absolutely. But yeah. I think from a logical standpoint, I'm gonna sell. But um, hashtag hockey guys, you guys like that analysis? Also, yep. if you want to listen to more wild stuff from people who know hockey a little better than us, listen to our Wild Takes podcast available on all platforms. But um, something more important even than Patrick Kane next is uh, ketchup because uh, Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl. He probably took a bath and ketchup at some point. And uh, I saw you have a tweet about it that mm-hmm. Veach, Veach got very passionate about. <laughs> he seems to get passionate about condiments and food. Yeah. Um, so let's do ketchup, Cam, buy or sell. As, uh, as everyone knows, I have the palate of a fourth grader or a four-year-old, either one. 
Uh, I'm buying the hell out of ketchup. It's the best condiment that there is. It's one of the only condiments that I like. So, of course, I'm buying ketchup. I've, yeah. Chicken tenders, fries, and ketchup. I'd eat that the rest of my life. Yep. Jake? I'm 120% buying ketchup. Hell I could yeah. eat ketchup plain. I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I I could eat ketchup plain. I, I, I might be Patrick Mahomes when it comes to ketchup. I'll like, put just about, like, not just about anything, but I use ketchup for anything that requires a condiment. Like, I'm using ketchup, but I could not eat it plain. Ketchup on eggs? That doesn't require a condiment, so no. I, I can't. Oh, do you're talking about requiring condiments. It could okay. also be a sauce. Which, requiring a condiment is a very, like, subjective thing, because it just depends on who you are. Because I, I, I could be like, I don't want I don't want any condiments with my fries. Yeah, I can't do that. But I couldn't do that either, but I'm just you saying there's you someone out there. You guys right, can't there eat French fries pl- plain? Oh, I uh, can. That depends on where you they're from. You just choose not to? Like, if you give me a good, like, quality seasoned waffle fry, yeah. I don't need to eat. I just I love I, I love will. my seasoned sour cream and ketchup, but yeah, I Patrick will Mahomes is great. But yeah, he loves his ketchup. I'm gonna buy it too. I it's not my favorite. I'm not I'm not like as in love with it as you are, but um, yeah. I mean, I like ketchup. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate like, ketchup, you can go kill yourself. Like this I'm is just it, like this is crazy. <laughs> like my condiments that I actually like is like ketchup, barbecue sauce, and I really can't think of another one. Really? Yeah. Ranch? Like, uh, I, don't, ranch? I, I don't like ranch. What? What? I know, dude. It's bad. Like, what do you it, mean it's bad? It, it, like, it, it's bad. Like, I actually, like, hate myself for it because I genuinely don't like it, but I can't control it. But I've yeah. tried ranch. Yes. A hundred percent. I've tried it multiple times. <laughs> Is syrup a condiment? Yeah. So I that counts. So, so it's like syrup, ketchup, barbecue sauce about it. Yeah. Okay. Chick-fil-A sauce. Chick-fil-A. No. What? Huh? Honey mustard? No. Oh, fuck. honey mustard? Dude, fuck you, Cam. Is, I, I, what? I agree. What? I agree. It's bad. Not honey mustard. What no. about uh, what about honey barbecue sauce? Well, yeah. It's basically barbecue yeah. sauce. Yeah. I could do that. Okay. What about yeah. honey? You could use that as a condiment. True. Honey's okay. You like honey? Jelly? It's, it's honey. jelly? Is jelly a condiment? I, I don't... Anything you squeeze out of a bottle to eat with... So- yeah. I, I call it. I, I like jelly. A condiment might be a stretch, but I like jelly. I don't okay. know. I, it's bad. I fucking hate mayo. And you want to know why? I'm... Yeah. You want to know why I hate mayo? Why? I had, I'm not ashamed to say this. I had head lice when I was younger, and oh. I, I had head lice for about three fucking months. Them bastards wouldn't go away, and one of the treatments we had to do was like was put, mayo. I put mayo in my hair and let it sit there for three hours. Cam, you fuck s- mayo. You seem like a lice survivor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I have battle scars. <laughs> lice is the worst. You got a wristband on. <laughs> Can't say I've ever had lice before, but we have to Dude. create a, a race for the cure for yeah. lice for yep. Cameron. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't have it. That was like, I was like 10. But I remember that was like the thing that was like one of those things you got as a kid that you never hear about anymore. Like, remember when you'd want to put on your buddy's hat, and your mom would say, no, like you're going to get lice. Do, I, do adults get lice or is it just a kid thing? Is I don't like, know. I got it from my baseball team because like growing up playing like in-house baseball, I remember they had it was like four or five helmets. Sure. Helmets. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's it right. Was fucking awful. I was like, yeah. I'm surprised I never got lice then. Kind of surprised I didn't either because me and my friends would be idiots and like exchange hats all the time. Like, yeah. you yeah. wear my hat, I wear yours today. Like, stupid yeah. shit. It's, like more, it's more of a, like, I think it's way more common. Like, I think anyone can get lice, but it's more common with kids because they're yeah. just gross. And kids are just stupid. I'm yeah. surprised. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, well, adults can be stupid too. I mean, That's look true. how many stupid people go to the bars. Look at us. You know? <laughs> or, or, or like, you guys know that classic girl at a bar who like insists on stealing someone's hat? Yep. Like, like when a random girl oh, takes yeah. take my hat. You know what? Don't take my fucking hat. And you know what? This actually brings up a new defense mechanism. If a drunk girl takes your hat, say, I have lice. enjoy lice. Dude, no, it doesn't. Or or she'd be like, 
Your lice is my lice. Well, no, I'm saying because there are girls who they might take your hat and you'll never see it again. Well, yeah, but yeah. then they're going to freak out and tell everyone that you have lice. Lice well, jump. That might ruin your chance in Do the you know entire that? bar. You're going to have your hat back. If you're close enough to a person, lice literally yeah. jumps from one head to the other. Damn. That shit's the devil. Motherfuckers are athletic. Yeah, it's awful. I'm, I'm shocked that there hasn't been like an outbreak at any bars or anything like that. <laughs> I, it, cu- Cuzzies would be the bar to have yeah. a little outbreak. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. honest let's be honest. It's going to probably be crabs. Yeah, or that. Over, over lice. Or, uh, like or herpes. Cause oh, dude, you've seen that bathroom? Dudes are yeah, shitting, puking, pro- and pissing at it all the same like time. Like me. <laughs> they're probably getting it from me. I mean, they probably just jump from the fucking urinal. You, you know, admit that you have crabs? No. I'm just saying that you could get them there. I feel yeah. like you could. You probably could. Um, all right, moving right along. Buy or sell the full swing Netflix documentary, which is the new documentary that documents the PGA Tour. The same people who make Drive to Survive. If you're an F1 guy or gal, uh, what do you guys? I know you guys have all. I finished it. You guys are going through it. Yeah, Cam, you buying or selling? I'm buying. Uh, so I'm just as committed to so my new thing. So in the winter, I was hashtag hockey guy, and I yeah. still will be till the end of hockey season. And side note, Jack well, and I... Well, in the summer, too. Yeah, because yeah, we joined a hockey league. Yep. I don't know. I'm scared. And Cam's... He, <laughs> I'm the, terrified. The Tin Man thing's got to end yeah. by the end of that. Ca- yeah, it's going to be Side tough. note, we, yeah, we, Cam and I signed up for a beginner hockey league. I'm Netminder. Cam is playing... Uh, what position? Yeah, have you decided play? what you want to be yet? Probably defense, because I can't fucking skate that well. Yeah, just, but you got to skate backwards. True, I'm probably forward. Uh, I think in the league where we signed up for, you don't need to skate backwards. <laughs> like, and whatever be... you feel comfortable with, Cam, just don't be Tin Man. No, just yeah, yeah, skate backwards. Just, just bend your fucking knees. Make, two hands on make, the the, stick. make the letter C. Yeah, yeah. C said than done. And just well, yeah. we'll see what happens. Anyways, but, anyways. Yeah. So now transitioning, like once we get into summer, it's going to be hashtag golf guy, hashtag F one guy too. Yep. I'm trying, but NASCAR's got a got a. Got a Cam NASCAR's huge, boring. No, it's not. It goes in circles. No, it's fantastic. You, you don't have chicane. You don't have chicanes. You don't have. You don't have straightaways. We have you do, road courses. You, you have straightaways. We have a dirt race. That's sick. That's fuck. Yeah, but do, is the dirt still you, in you circles? You don't, you don't yeah. do figure eights and shit. Well, you don't do figure eights. Either. Not figure eights, but we do like we have road courses. We do more than quick turns. Those quick. You turns. have road courses. What does that even mean? Like walking. That's, that's what we. That's what we call like yours. Yeah. Like like we're we're racing at Coda. Like in Austin. Oh, that's right. Okay, so we do. Okay. We, have, we, have, we, have, we actually have multiple. Although okay. I like, I like to say it's funny how you're saying. Well, we have road because courses. Because I'm just standing like, for NASCAR. Like, like you're literally, yeah. you are NASCAR. He, look but at I mean, him. He's, he's, I was a, gonna he's say, a NASCAR representative. Fun fact. Let's see your hair. Like you are NASCAR. Fun fact. I'd rather. I, I actually like would rather watch them go in circles than the road course. Like when there's road courses, I'm actually not as interested. All right, that's fine. That's a preference. That's fine. Anyways, that's, that's that, Floridian talking. Back but, to full swing. But I'm buying full swing. Okay. Okay. All said and done. Yeah, I'm uh I'm very obviously buying full swing as well. I've been a, a fan of golf and the PGA Tour since I was a child. And uh what a better year to pick to document it than the live drama that kind of mm-hmm. boiled up last summer where there was the power struggle going on in golf and um, they did a really good job, just like they do with Drive to Survive, covering the behind the scenes of of uh, of it. And by the way, not to spoil anything, but the Joel Damon episode is the best of the whole yep. thing. Like, that's my next one. Uh, electric. That's your next one. I think you'll hear from a lot of people that is by far because like everyone knew a lot about JT and Spieth. Mm. Everyone knew they were buddies. Like everyone knew that you know Scotty Scheffler came from Texas and won the Masters. I mean, it was great to see kind of the behind the scenes of all that. But, like, no one really probably knew much about Joel Damon going into this no. documentary. And now I would not doubt if he's, like, a top 10 most popular player on tour. Yeah. Even even though he's, you know, finishing 
maybe not finishing quite top 10 literally in the yeah. leaderboard, but he's going to have a large following. Some of these guys are going to get big followings now just because of this documentary. Like, yeah. yeah, not to spoil it. I'll just like the first few minutes, you know, like every other player on there has like the killer competitive instinct. Like I show up knowing I'm going to win. Yeah. Like I'm going to one day be the number one world player. Like Joel Damon's like, I'm never going to win a major. Someone's got to be the 70th best player on tour. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> just, just a family a, guy. Just really a not care, have fun type attitude. The name's escaping my mind right now, but the, Episode three, the British guy. Who is that on again? Ian Poulter. Poulter. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He's a, yeah. He's a douchebag. I hate that guy. He that episode like, stinks. He like if if he comes off like he encapsulates. I think this is the negative stereotypes of Brit. Brits, he he also like he's a perfect face. Him and Patrick Reed are perfect faces for the live tour. Yeah. Although and Patrick Kepka, Reed, yeah. I I did look at his kid. I'm like, holy shit, that's me. Yeah, he you, does kind of look yeah, like you. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. except fuck? except the swing cam might be a little oh, better yeah. than yours. And Way he's, and mine, he's British, so you probably got better teeth. Yeah, true. But he did grow up in America technically, because I think they said they grew up in. Uh they have a house in um, in somewhere like Florida or some shit. Uh, same place where Red Bull Racing has it, uh, something Keen in England, and then they have a place in Florida. R- right, yeah. of course he does. And now Milton Keen. More. There we go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I buy I buy the documentary as well. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Watching into that, the behind the scenes, and it's beautiful. Yep. I love it. Highly recommend you watch it. Um, all right. Next one is one that I bitched about <laughs> all over social media today is the 394 I-94 exchange going through Minneapolis to St. Paul. I, this is one of those ones where I know what we're all going to say, but I just wanted to expose it. So, Cam. Light it on fire. Yep. I'm selling. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. Just light that whole corridor on fire? Literally light yeah. it on fire yeah, and restart. Sure. Yeah. Restart. Reconfigured in a way that's probably more modern. Like Elon Musk, you can make more space. Cut off some of Dunwoody's property because no one fucking cares about Dunwoody. Some people go there. It's a good technology. Yeah, they do, but they don't need that much space. Sure, you can. There's more room. Or or, or, you know, let's let's make Dunwoody online. And also, (laughs) fuck it. Can we make roundabouts? Can we open the carpool lane into Minneapolis and not out of it? No, that Never. would make way too much sense, Cam. It's no, always close. No, yeah. it's it's only open literally at like midnight on like a Thursday night. So oh, dumb. That's, when there's that's no perfect. Rush out. Yeah, yeah. There's that's no cars. great. That's when yeah. I'm going out to Minneapolis for it's for the all bars. The, it's and for all the ghost cars. That's when I'm driving on the normal freeway. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes no sense. The whole thing's fucked. No, they need to yeah tear it up. Bring Elon Musk in here to architecture it or whatever. You know, build a tunnel. Under there for all I There can. already is a tunnel, but let's like Not do something tu- better with the tunnel yeah, instead fuck of that tunnel. creating a place that people just drive slower through. Like <laughs> let's just let's just put a tunnel like ten miles under the earth's surface. And why can't you change lanes in a tunnel? Or why don't we have flying cars? Like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure <laughs> we do. I'm pretty sure the us. the whole idea of the of the twenty first century was that we'd have flying cars by now. And instead we have fucking snuggies. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not okay. that's but that's the that's the world of tomorrow, apparently. Yeah, that I, guess. We, I guess we truly didn't envision, but I think we do have flying cars. They're just hiding them from us. Yep. That's just it's the like way it the is. That's Arian like 51. The, the UFOs, yeah. Yeah, that's what's fucking happening. Yep. Sell it. Blow it up. Try again. Yep. Just like many of my current sports franchises, same same solution. It is there. near Target Center, so you know if that if you blow up that I ninety four corridor and Target Center happens to get kind of blown up with it, with nobody with in nobody it, with nobody in it, I'm not going to be mad. We're not I might not be that upset, <laughs> but please avoid Target Field. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Like make sure the burn, <laughs> make sure it stops at Tom's Watch Bar and Target Field. But and, so, and once again, make sure no one dies. Yes, yeah. it's empty. This is off season or off night. Okay, there there, there would be an evacuation. There would be a proper evacuation, and some people would actually argue, no, bring Target Field down with it. 
which is insane. <laughs> which yeah, sure. And then guess what we should do? We should build a dome and have everyone play in that. Yeah, put them all, bring them all together, including a college team that <laughs> yeah. is well off campus. Yep, and then like like have the airflow be just terrible so that like people get blown out of it yeah. for fun. And uh, let's piss in horse troughs. The future genius. Dude, it would be great. I'd love to see another Metrodome. <laughs> Metrodome 2.0. Fuck it, 2.0. Let's consolidate. Did you see the kid that I posted on our Twitter from TikTok who said, like, U.S. Bank Stadium yeah. is the worst stadium of all time? It's like, get the fuck out of here. Are you nuts? And then people are, and people in the comments are like, yeah, let's bring back the Dome. I'm like, you are high on crack. <laughs> well, he might be. He might That's be true. a local resident of Minneapolis. True. Really, in high on crack. Um. Anyways, final one we have here for Buy Yourself for this episode. Uh, the XFL, the Extreme Football League, now owned and operated by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And uh, our good buddy Dean Blandino, head of officiating, is finally back. So when people try to tell you that football is gone for a little while, just tell them they're wrong. We got the XFL and the USFL, which Tanner Morgan was just drafted to today, by the way. Really? Hell no yeah. shit. The Michigan no. Panthers, I think? Yes. Let's fucking go. Yep. That's a let's fucking go moment. earned one, I guess. Yep. But anyways, um, the XFL, buy or sell? I'm buying it. All in on the Vegas Vipers. Yep. Uh, Big Vegas Vipers fan. It's funny. uh, Jake and I were watching the Vegas game, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, our quarterback stinks. And, like, our offense is not great. And then I watch the rest of the games. I'm like, oh, we're not that bad. It's just bad football. Yeah. But I'm still all in. I'm also in on the USFL now because of Tanner. Mm -hmm. But something I just found out on – we were talking about on 10K Bets Live last night. The Arena Football League is back. Shit. Is it really? The Arena Football League is electric. Have you ever watched it? I remember Um, remember watching as a kid the Iowa Barnstormers. They're back. And Bemidji had a team, too. Iowa's back. Green Bay's back. But, yeah. Damn. There's there's never been more football than now. Arena football is great because you literally can hit people into walls. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like hockey. Checking in hockey. I'm I'm, I'm in on all of them. Yeah. It's great. And and with Arena Football, they hang the field goal posts down from the ceiling. Yeah. There's, There's no... There is no, like... Stand that someone can jump and hump, and they're tiny. Yep. Yeah. So you, you do I mean, have to be careful, though, Cam. Remember, like I called you out on Saturday. You're like, I don't have to be careful of shit. No, you're like, you're like, yeah, we we are not looking good. I'm like, who yeah. we? The Vikings are playing. No, the Vegas, Vegas Vipers. Vipers are my team. You, you can't skull, skull Vipers. just because you have those stupid ass rules for yourself and you want to be well, miserable your whole life. A fan doesn't mean to, I can't for me enjoy to be a, a team fan. That I like. It develops over years. That's for you. From being a kid, I can't you be a everyone? fan in a week. Are you everyone? No, so therefore I. But can I, I, I can. I'm going to cheer for. Maybe technically, they could be my. But I'm not a fan of a team yet. I got That takes years to develop. I don't know about years because I don't know if the XFL sure. will be around for years. Based oh, I'm a on, fan. Based it's on gonna, life, and I think you just got to pick one and just go with yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I love Vegas. It's. I'll follow them, but to say I'm a fan is a bit of a stretch for my personal standards of what a fan is. That's fine, but you don't get to tell me that I can't say. Sure. Weird. Yep. Sure. All right, but I'm also buying the XFL because uh, I love seeing the shit like where. We were watching the game, and they literally <laughs> show Dean Blandino staring at the screen, talking through it with the ref. You hear fucking everything, yes. and then the guy runs out like right after there's a touchdown. The reporter runs right into the end zone, right into the like the pack of the players, and is trying to ask the you know the player what happened, what went through your head with the play and everything. And it, they're just getting. And and the guy can't even talk because he's out of breath and he's yeah. like screaming, but it's fucking great. Yeah. So you guys remember in 2020 when the XFL started back up, um, sadly, only for a few months, t- thanks to COVID. The first on-field interview they did, the guy dropped an F-bomb. Yeah. It was, oh, on, yeah. It was on C- CBS, like national broadcast. <laughs> so just... The- the best thing I thought of the XFL this past weekend is you were talking about with Dean. Like anytime there was a review, 
they went to him in the booth and he yeah. explained it mm-hmm. oh. everything that he was seeing in real time to the ref like that's genius why don't yeah. they do that in the NFL? and he makes the call yeah he makes the call like in the NFL, there's all these controversies over like what were they thinking? Why did they make that call? If you show that, that could clear up a lot of that. It's just, it's just full blown evidence. It's uh, too easy. Why haven't they thought of that? Yet? I also think it's it's like too bureaucratic in the NFL. I feel like it's it can't be just one person to look at it. No, we got to have all these checks yeah. and blah blah blah. No, shut the fuck up. Just make the fucking right call. That's, it, why, that's also, why Dean's a genius. If you want to hate on the XFL, like you got to realize that a lot of the great things that we enjoy as viewers of the NFL came from the original XFL. Like the mm-hmm. kickoff cam was inspired by the XFL. On-field interviews with players was inspired by the XFL. Mike Dupp was expired or was uh, inspired by the XFL. So we have Vince McMahon Vince and, and the original founders of the 1990 whatever XFL to thank for that. And there's actually a really good documentary on it on ESPN. But all right, that just about does it for another episode of it's a bit folks thanks so much for listening make sure to go to our website 10ktakesmn.com to read all of our awesome blogs make sure to follow all of our other pages and podcasts on there as well and make sure to follow us on all socials 10k takes twitter instagram facebook tiktok thank you guys so much as always for supporting us and we'll see you next time